Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today in the show, joining me here, and it's been a while since we've seen each other, uh, I have with me my good friend, Alyssa Hebert, and uh, me and her uh, have connected through a, um, uh, through our shared uh, perceptions of the world and the scope of borderline personality disorder. And, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit about life, about uh, some shit, and uh, you know, just uh, try to help uh, you, the viewers, understand who we are as people a little bit more. Um, so, welcome to the show. Sure, fine. Good. I'm glad. How are you doing today? Um, I'm good. Like Sundays, it's my day off. It's nice. Woke up. Not like, dealing with the kids today. <laughs> right? No kids. Um, just woke up, fucked around for a little bit, and then had some food and then came here. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I was up late last uh, night. I went to the Radio Milwaukee Awards and then there was an after party at the Cooperage. Did some, uh, interviewed a couple artists. It was really fun. Um, my, uh, best friend, unfortunately, is dealing with a really shitty ex. Mm. Who will not remain, uh, who will not be named, but, um, and neither will my friend, for now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, other than that, it was a great night. But right. it was just very, yeah. like, emotional. Yeah, drama. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, exactly. So, mm -hmm. so that, um, so that wasn't, was a little less than optimal. But other than that, uh, it's Sunday. I have no plans tonight, finally. I can just relax and do nothing. Um, how generally, because I mean, we, we talk here and there, obviously, um, through our handy old Facebook Messenger. Um, how have you been lately? Um, I've been pretty good. I've just been working a lot, going to school. Um, this week is finals, so but then, so I'm like looking forward to a break too, right now. Um, and then, yeah, just work and then coming home and taking care of my cat, and he had fleas. Oh, that's not good. I know. How do you take care of that? You have to, like, they, like, ruined my life. Like, I had a vacuum every single day, and, like, behind all the furniture, and, like, everything, every single day for, like, two weeks, yeah. and I'm still doing it, like, a couple times a week. Um, I have to give them, like, every three weeks, because it doesn't last the full four. They say four, but my vet said it was fine, to give it to him every three weeks, um, this stuff revolution that you put on his skin, and then um, that'll, like, kill fleas that go on him, and then... Um, like spray stuff down like we have like raid for fleas and oh, yeah. spray everything down and um yeah it's a pain they are so hard to get rid of like um that's a, that's really frustrating that it was horrible i like had a mental breakdown <laughs> these yeah. fleas are ruining my life they're tearing my family apart right. <laughs> like they are they're the unwanted guest in the house yeah exactly I, yeah, I, well, that's unfortunate. I never, like, none of my cats ever had fleas, um, unfortunately. I've never had to deal with that. But, you mentioned Raid. This is kind of a funny story. Okay. Um, my, uh, old 
my buddies, uh, their house. I remember one a couple years ago. They had like this like spider infestation. Oh god. Yeah, it was pretty terrifying. Uh, didn't fuck with it. But uh, they um, yeah, so they had these spiders that were just like appearing like all over their house, um, like mostly on their ceiling. And because it was on the ceiling, it's like, well, we have to, you know, we need to get rid of these spiders, but they're so hard to reach. So, like, they literally put Raid in, like, I think it was, like, a squirt gun or something <laughs> like that. And they, like, shot Raid at the ceiling. And, because like, we couldn't fucking get to those spiders. I mean, that's, like, innovative. Yeah. I love it. Very dangerous. Yeah, true. Because um, then it, like, could come back and you're Exactly. Face. It could be, like, you know, dripping or something. But And you're supposed to, like, evacuate the house after you spray everything. Yeah. It's, like, you, guys, it's, like, like, you can't breathe. Yeah, you can't breathe in all that, like, um, pesticides. Mm -hmm. That, yeah. But, hey, I mean, it did the trick, though. <laughs> they, cool. they were gone shortly after that. Cool. But, um, how are your finals going? How are you feeling? Um, pretty good. Um, I have one due at midnight tonight. I'm like, oh. why would you make it due on a Sunday? Jeez, do, you, do you, uh, you gotta go, go home and get some work done right now? Or? I mean, <laughs> no, it's fine. I have all day, but, oh, um, and then I have another one. So two of mine are, are online, which is good. Cause then I can like use my book and notes and stuff like that. That's I have funny. one for econ, but this class is funny cause our professor will like tell us all the answers and then give us the test. Oh. Yeah, I know. Nice. <laughs> I have actually had professors like that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Where like you basically get the entire test. Like the review is the test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. And yep. And then before he hands it out, he's like, okay, who has questions? And then everybody's just like, what was the answer to this one? And then he gives us all the answers. And then he's like, okay, here's the test. It's handy as hell. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. Take note. <laughs> yeah. Um, j uh, like gen ed classes at MATC are like an experience. Let me tell you that. <laughs> like, okay. No, that's funny. Well, uh, hopefully there'll be a breeze then. Actually, I'm in a really good place right now. Um, the best I've been, probably as far as I, as far as I know in my lifetime, I'm in the best places possible. Like I've, as I've ever been. Um, but I. But, like, it's encouraging to know I can still be doing better. Um, so I'm really looking forward to 2020 and the opportunities it will bring. But um, lately, like, I feel like um, this year was, like, the first year with, like, dealing with, like, my demons and whatnot that, like, I could finally sort of start letting things go, which has taken a long time. Uh, and it's still, like, you know, a very... Uh, enduring process um but just sort of being okay with things that aren't in my control mm -hmm. like as much as my mind tries to convince myself that something is my fault mm -hmm. or that i am in control of something or that i could have done something different yeah i'm so sort of getting there right now which, that's good yeah yeah that takes work i've had to learn that i mean in my line of work i've had a learn that a lot to like let go of like what you just can't like there's only so much I can do and then like the rest of it I gotta leave it at the door I can't bring that shit home with me I can't ruminate on it otherwise I'm gonna like go insane yeah, yeah exactly. and then you burn out yeah yeah most definitely. yeah and that's where the self-destruct sequence initiates yeah yeah that's not fun 
But yeah, learning just sort of like, I think that one of the biggest ways to cope, I mean, with any mental illness, whether it be anxiety, depression, this or that, but especially in the scope of BPD, like, you know, we, our minds are adept at convincing ourselves that everything is our fault and that the world Mm -hmm. is here to punish us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've, uh, convince myself into many um, serious uh, anxiety episodes. Um, even when things are going well, I'll still convince myself of that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. but um, but it, it's getting, it's more under control than it's ever been. Good. Which is good. So, um, so I guess like really kind of t- to start, I guess, like, you know, on your end of things, um, I guess, like, do you want to talk about when you, like, first, like, I guess, like, sort of your story with when you first began experiencing what would become BPD? Ooh. Like, before I was even diagnosed, basically? Yeah. Okay. I would say my first symptoms started when I was around age 11. Pretty young. Okay. Um, I had like anger issues, rage. Um, I specifically remember a situation where I took a knife out of the drawer and held it up to myself in front of my mom and my brother, and I was 11 years old. Damn. Um, and it was just because I like, I don't know, I just felt desperate for people to know like how much pain I was in, and um, I feel like I don't know, I feel like my BPD, like people experience BPD differently. Like, mm-hmm. And I actually think we're a good example of, I don't know, you can tell me if I'm wrong. You can totally tell me sure. if, I'm, if I'm wrong. But I feel like maybe you're more like an internal and I'm more external. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair estimate. Yeah, so. You're not um, wrong there. I'm very, like, external with my feelings. And I feel like part of it is because I, like, I'll feel like I'm in a lot of pain right now. Nobody gets it. I need to make them pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started when I was around 11. Um, I was having you know, family issues and, like, um, bullying at school and stuff like that. And um, there's definitely, there was, like, the formula there for, like, BPD to develop. Yeah. Um, so, and then it just kind of kept getting worse as um, kind of, like, the years went on. Um, I experienced some trauma, started self-harming around, well, actually, I started self-harming around 11 with headbanging, but I started cutting oh. around 13. Um, and then... Um, I really have disordered relationships with men in particular, and um, that started happening when I was like a young teenager. Um, and then it was just getting worse with like the self-harming and like the um, like getting really like like needy and like needing other people, and then just like all these toxic relationships. Um, and I was experiencing that, um, and I was like in and out of hospitals and. Um, yeah, I wasn't diagnosed until I was 21. I was, Same, actually. Really? Yeah. I was um, diagnosed originally at 17 with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I have bipolar. Um, my, my psychiatrist doesn't believe I have it. I've been diagnosed with it a couple times, but um, the symptoms are more attributed to like BPD. Um, like the impulsivity and like the mood fluctuations, and that's all. Yeah like more BPD related Um, and so I was diagnosed at 21 Um, I had self-harmed and then ended up in the hospital 
and like needed like I needed stitches in my leg and then I went to like Rogers after that and then um, well okay first of all I thought this was weird because the doctor didn't even like tell me and then I like got my discharge paperwork and it said cluster B personality disorder and I'm like and I didn't even know what it was I was like what the? I'm like what is this but then I went to like the outpatient like you know like how they do like partial after that yeah. and I went to that and I had the best doctor his name is Dr. Rickers shout out, shout out. He, he, he probably is not gonna watch this no offense but he, he was just like this real he was like this big flamboyant southern guy he was yeah. like so I think you have borderline personality disorder <laughs> I know I love him and so he he went through like the nine characteristics with me and I'm like I have all of them and I'm like oh my god like that's me mm -hmm. like and so yeah so that's the story of how i was diagnosed for sure yeah um well thank you for sharing yeah um yeah i something i i, I guess like I've definitely been forced into like really uh um revisiting and sort of like looking at one beyond is like sort of where my manifestation with it happened but i think it was sort of like there weren't any particular instance, incidents in my childhood that, like, you know, became my onset. But I think it was a mix of, like, just sort of, like, my already predispositioned personality traits and, mm -hmm. like, just a mix of different things. Mm -hmm. um, whether it was, you know, loss from a young age, because um, I had some friends pass away when I was little. Um... Very, very hypersensitive kid. Very, you know, things would upset me easily, scare me easily, cry a lot. It's bullied. Um, yeah. Definitely, like, you know, like, that kind of stuff was sort of like uh, what would, I guess, sort of cause me to, like, act out more as I got older. Mm -hmm. Um I think, like, the first times, like, it was, like, seriously getting out of hand for me, though, was, like, around when I was, like, 14. I mean, I had, like, definitely acted out a ton, like, being young and being, like, you know, very, uh, just very sensitive, like, to my feelings getting hurt and right. feeling just ostracized a lot, whether it was by my family or by people, kids at school or whatever, like... I would get very, like, hostile very easily. Yeah. And, but it wasn't until, like, around, like, 14, 15 when, like, it was really getting unstable where, like, I was actively, like, acting out in these eruptive anger episodes. Yep. Like, in I, my... Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, mostly at home, um, like, out at my parents. And, uh, like, I would just... I wouldn't even um, comprehend, like, what I was saying or how I was acting... But it just, it would just get out of hand. And they would trigger out of nowhere. Yep. Like, it would... You just, go from zero to yeah, hundred exactly. like that. Yep. Right. Which mm -hmm. is a, you know, very, like, hallmark BPD thing. It's yep. just, like, things come out of seemingly nowhere. Because of how I would act out, um, you know, I would just, like... I would just have these freak-out episodes, and then I would just not remember what what happened. Like, my mom would just be like, do you have any idea, like, what you said? Or, like... The so it was, like, a blackout? It was like, if it wasn't a black, like it wasn't, I wouldn't say it's a blackout because like I was still conscious, but like things would just come out and I would just have no control. I see. I would just okay. lose yep. control. Yep. And, yep. um, yeah, like, and, 
you know, I would also just externalize my insecurities out to other, other people. I would openly antagonize people. I would talk shit to people, like, just be, you know, I always be outwardly, like, um, confrontational, like, to, you know, people that were otherwise my friends, like, people I shouldn't have been treating that way, and it lost me a lot of friends. Yeah. And that led to, like, a really severe, like, um, fear of abandonment, like, socially, because yeah. I did lose a lot of people when I was, like, you know, in high school, like, because of how I was acting. And I feel like that reinforces the fear, you know it what does. I mean? So it's, it's like you have the fear yeah. originally, and then the way you're acting is because of your fear of abandonment, and then in turn that causes people to abandon you, which feeds back into the mm -hmm. fear, and it's like this vicious cycle. Yeah. Yep. It was definitely like, it validated those fears for yep. sure. Mm -hmm. And like, and like I was in a pretty abusive relationship in high school at one point as well. That relationship, I think, definitely led to like some fears of like, you know, having like, entering like committed relationships and like not just that particular relationship but another one I also had in high school where like I had a fear of like how I was perceived based on my partner um mm -hmm. and how they like how they would act in public for example like mm -hmm. a fear of like almost like bringing my partner around like my friends because okay. it would like it was it was it would be like a reflection on me and in turn, that would, like, activate my feelings of, like, people are judging me or that people are, you know, don't want to be around me. I think that that definitely made me afraid of, like, commitment and afraid of, like, getting too close to people. Um, and then going into college, like, I mean, around, like, 18 was when, like, my, like, anxiety was, like, really starting to, like manifest and really like can take take over mm -hmm. um that got really severe like around 18 um i started like that's when i first started dissociating mm -hmm. started dealing with like intrusive thoughts um that was because like i also deal with ocd as well so mm -hmm. you know that those two kind of went really hand in hand mm -hmm. for me in that time but I wasn't diagnosed until I was 21 as well, um, when I was in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, it's really complex because, like, I felt like I was really starting to spiral out of control because I was taking on way too much for my own emotional capacity. Yeah. And I was, in turn, like, I've always been, like, a people pleaser. I've yeah. always wanted, like, you know, to, like, make people happy mm -hmm. and do things for people because it validates me because it makes me feel good about myself and it makes me feel like I matter and that like I'm good and that like it makes me not think negatively about myself and so I was always kind of like you know a yes man for like you know like growing up like mm -hmm. I would succumb to peer pressure easily mm -hmm. I would you know engage in risky behaviors when you know, like, when I saw, like, benefit from it socially. Right. And, um, I think that that is what really, like, started to, like, engulf me in, like, this, like, zone of, like, really severe anxiety and just made me despondent and everything. Because you know how that is, like, when you are just, when you are just, like, 
succumbing to so much at once, like you just go numb and yeah. you can't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I was feeling that for like a whole month straight and that's when I like really needed like to check myself in to the hospital because like I just knew I could not feel like that if I was going to survive. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that's how I was diagnosed. That was almost three years ago. Yeah, three, three, two, I think. Three, three and a half. Mm. You went to, what hospital did you say you went to? Rogers. I went to the one in Oconomowoc. Okay. Because the one in Dallas sucks. I don't know. I went to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went to the one in, I went to uh, Columbia St. Mary's. Oh, really? I've never been to that one. They've really, okay. They have really good food. To be honest, <laughs> okay. To oh be honest, God. inpatient, the food at Columbia St. Mary's was really good. That's interesting. I was like okay. really excited for like meal time. Yo, the one actually the Rogers in West Allis has pretty good food. That's the only good thing about that house. Um, I was like, this is like good. They had some like like good like ethnic food. Like it was like, oh, damn. awesome. Oh shit. I you know, know. some inspired uh, hospital cuisine there. Yeah. Nice. That's dope. Um so you said that um, you know, you particularly have like held had have held disordered relationships with men. Do you think that that's like one of your biggest triggers? Like with with like be, being BPD? Yeah. Yep. Um I definitely like I just don't really experience it with women. I don't know what to say about that. I just it usually happens when a guy like takes interest in me and then like charges me with all this attention and affection and then I get attached and then once that attachment is there it's like it's over because then like once it like becomes like unstable or the FP yeah yep I get yeah which stands for favorite person favorite person sure yep I get oh my god I get clingy I get needy it's super ugly um, and that's I mean it it comes from trauma like it comes mm. from I've I've really struggled with like sexual promis promiscuity Am I saying that right? Promis promiscuity like, yeah. yeah I think so whatever sure and um, that's because like my brain has like trained me to like be like that grasps men's attention mm. and then like it becomes a problem because then sure. that's I like I retreat to that because I just get so desperate for like I just want him to like want me again or mm. I'm like because you're not alone. There's like there's definitely a lot of women and non-binary folk that I, you know, know personally that also experiences similar distrust of men, and for a lot of the same reasons. And I think a lot of it just has to do with just, you know, toxic masculinity and just harmful male expectations and the way men from a young age are just conditioned to like be um to just engage in really toxic behaviors at the other person's expense like so there's obviously a lot of different like uh sort of criteria with like bpd like do you think that you deal with like a particular symptom of that the most mm -hmm. um the Oh, like emotional reactivity, like the feeling emotions to the extreme, that one, and the fear of abandonment and like relationship one. 
like the like rocky tumultuous relationships that you like try to act in ways to avoid abandonment so that one and then the emotional reactivity um and then the the self-harm is like self-harm became a very very serious issue for me so like those three in particular but i do experience all nine symptoms um i've definitely dissociated before um kind of wild the first time it happened to me i i thought i had been drunk because oh, yeah. I was like so disconnected I was like whoa like nothing's real right now you think you're going insane yeah and then but like I don't know but now like I don't know like I can get dissociation and be like oh okay I'm dissociating I guess yeah like just kind of like I've like become accustomed to it just yeah I have to roll with it yeah I think that just distracting yourself from it is really the best thing you can do um yeah, it goes away eventually. Um, I think, like, one of the biggest things I've always dealt with is split thinking. That's, like, probably, yeah. like, my... One of my bigger ones is, like, generally, like, I try, you know, my hardest to convince myself that the world is good. And, and such, I try to see the best in all. Mm-hmm. Um, which has suited me well. Mm-hmm. But the second a little thing might go wrong, it just throws me completely off. And then I start feeling like... The world is out to get me. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is bad. (laughs) Like, yeah. No, I definitely experienced that one too. Split thinking. And I split on people too. Yeah. Split it. The idealization devaluation. Totally. Right. Yeah. Same. Yep. I, yeah. There'll be times where it's, it's the worst when it's like, when I'm thinking like, when I'm just like harboring like this anger against somebody, like in my head when I'm not around them. Like, but then the second, like, I see them, I'm immediately trying to, like, please them or, like, I instantly value them so much, like, when I, like, see them in person and, like, I'm actually interacting with them. Um, I hate that. (laughs) It's gotten a little better over time, like, just realizing that people just in general will disappoint you. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, that that's a big one for sure. Also, impulsivity. I used to like really struggle with reckless spending. Since like your diagnosis, like imagine like you know you have been through your own self growth, like you've been learning ways to cope with it and everything. How what have been like the what have been ways that like you have coped that have worked for you that help you? Well, okay. The first thing I think is really important is understanding your patterns and like. It, I became like so much more self-aware after this diagnosis and being like, and then, and then I can feel like, oh my God, I'm splitting on this person or, oh my God, I'm doing this and this and this and I know why it's happening. Because then that, I mean, I feel like that's the first step in like changing the, the patterns. Um, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes. CBT. Yeah. And then, um, but I guess uh, grounding has worked a lot for me. Um, I have PTSD as well. And so that's one that I've really employed a lot. I do like um like the five four three two one the and I say I do this and I'm not always great with it but you know you know like I try um or like set like sensory things really work for me or distraction techniques really work for me as well um like mm-hmm. even just like like I um my ex used to like if I was like um like freaking out or whatever like if I was like in the middle of like a really bad episode 
um, they would ask me, they would be like, okay, like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite TV show? Like, what's the, uh, or like, what's the last thing you watched on TV? Or like, just like, start asking like, random questions, and then yeah, I would have to like, answer sure. them. And then that like, kind of usually brought me back. That's good. Yeah. That's how, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like, I know for a lot of people that have anxieties, like, what are five things on this room that you can touch? Yeah, Stuff that's, like that. yep, that's, that's grounding. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. That's probably the best thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tricky because, like, with BPD, it's like, you can't exactly, like, it's hard to treat in itself because it's a personality disorder and, uh, you know, like, you can certainly, like, over time, like, some people do manage to grow out of their symptoms, which is great. But we can't, like, rely on that. So, like, the best things we can do is to, like, we can't necessarily treat the personality disorder as much as we can treat the symptoms. Because... Mm, yeah. I don't know if I totally agree. I mean, it, like, I mean, definitely, like, it's all, it all does, the overarching thing is treating BPD. But I think in my, like, at least from my experience, like with what's work, is focusing on the symptoms, like the anxiety, the split thinking, the impulsivity, like the the unstable relationships, like sort of like kind of like dealing with each step by step, sort of like one by one, like dissecting them. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that's true. Um, but there, there certainly is. You can go into. I, I would say the right term is remission. You can go into remission from BPD. Um, and DBT has been proven to be a very, very effective therapy for borderline personality disorder. Um, I've heard it's of you. it's not the only one though. Um, sometimes just regular psychotherapy. And I cannot stress this enough: medication. Totally. And like honestly, if there's one thing that helped me the most, it's medication. I am a different person on medication. And like, I hear people say all the time, like, oh, well, BPD can't be treated with meds. It's like, that's a lie. It absolutely can. Absolutely. Like, um, mood stabilizers, antidepressants, that kind of thing can really, really, really help with symptoms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Might have done wonders for me. Yeah. But then again, like, my meds really kind of treat like anxiety and depression, like they can't exactly like directly treat the personality disorder, but they make it easier to manage. I guess if that that's makes like sense. A, yeah, that's a good point. If that um, makes sense. They well yeah, like for me because like I said, one of my biggest issues is like the um emo like emotional reactivity and like how strongly I feel emotions. What it it brings the level down. I really like so I'm much more stable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's totally. so it for me it's. I'm at the point where I can function because of medications, and that for me is basically like treating the disorder. That's yeah. That that's a good point. Um, with DBT, like, what exactly? Like, because I've never actually done it before. Um, a little bit. So I'm not an expert. Just sure. Want to put that out there. Sure. Like, it does it like sort of focus more on like the behavioral aspect of it. Like, what exactly does it sort of focus on? As far as you you can you know. <clears throat> DBT. There's actually. I want to look it up. There's like five different, it's like, it's been a while since I've done it. Okay. Sure. But, um, it focuses a lot on grounding, right? Like keeping yourself in the present moment. Mindfulness is a big part of DBT mm -hmm. core mindfulness. That's one of them. Oh, sure. Um, and then, um, r like relationships with other people. There's a lot of like acronyms in DBT. So it's like, 
there's Deer Man, yeah. or like, um, there's like a bunch of them. I don't know, like Wise Mind, sure. um, Opposite to Emotion, Reaction, or something like that. Um, so there, it's just like basically like here's a bunch of like techniques and. Um, wise mind is cool. There's the rational mind, and then there's the emotional mind, and I feel like for us, BPT, we're like almost always an emotion mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, true. Emotion over reason. And cool. Yeah, but it's not saying you have to totally be in rational mind. It's saying you want that even balance, which is wise mind, sure. which is cool. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've talked a little bit about that kind of stuff within like regular psychotherapy, but that... That's a good, that's a good point. Cause like, yeah, we do like, you know, all folks with BPD are more susceptible to like act out like with irrational emotion and um, difficulty regulating said emotions. And uh, that's something I really try to like curb is cause like, um, cause definitely like when I get faced with conflict like my, like my initial like impulse is going to be like act out, like confront this, like it's like a fight or flight thing. But then like, I like, uh, but then like kind of trying to like reel myself in, like sort of like a fishing rod, like reeling myself back in and being like, okay, no, like you're still standing here. You're still, you're keeping your, you're standing your ground. Like, you know, like, this is, this is how I see a situation and this is how this other person sees it. Like, I have to be, I have to act as much out of reason as I can without letting my emotion get inserted into it. It's, it's hard. It definitely is hard because, like, you know, you can get very, like, emotionally volatile when you're, you know, like, even if it's something like when you're, like, you know, when it comes to, like, being criticized or something, oh and you God. automatically get super oh defensive. Oh my God, you know? do not criticize me, I will cry. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. Or someone gets mad at you for this, and or someone sees something differently than you, like especially, especially like when it comes to things like, I don't know, political views, I'll get really fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, don't. Right, like. yeah, you get that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get it. So there's no like, oh, like we can agree to disagree. Like, no, shut the fuck up. If you're a Republican, walk out the damn door. Yeah, <laughs> like, it'd be like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's it's very like all or nothing, end all be all. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that for me, like talk therapy is definitely talk therapy and meds. The combination yeah, of both exactly has been agree. immensely helpful. Like, yeah. I have like. Like, it's, it makes you, it gives you a degree of, like, um, accountability to yourself and being like, hey, you know, I fucked up here, I fucked up there, but I learned from it, mm -hmm. and I, I can own that. Yeah, and it kind of helps you, like, process, like, what you're feeling. Um, one thing I think has really helped me, I haven't mentioned this yet, is I actually have two therapists. One is a regular therapist, the other is a trauma specialized therapist. Okay, sure. And you're supposed to have like separate ones, I guess. So, but I think it's really interesting. Um, they operate very differently, but like both, like they both bring like, good things to the table mm -hmm. that like the other one like doesn't. So totally. like that, like, you know what I mean? So working together, 
And then my psychiatrist. So I guess I have like the oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I just want like a team of therapists. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's helped a lot. And um, I did, well, okay. I, I tried exposure therapy. Have you ever done? I haven't tried it. Don't do it. Yeah, like, I've, Don't. Yeah, I'm you, serious. Well, we were talking a couple weeks ago about it. Like, you're not, like. Were we? Oh. I, yeah. Like, I, was I drunk? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably. Okay. But, but no, like, you made a good point that, like, there's certain things, I don't know, like, certain phobias, I don't know if I'll, I'd ever be ready to face. Yeah. No way. Especially, like, if the person's not ready, you're going to re-traumatize them. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me. Really bad. And, um, so, but, like, the way that my trauma therapist is approaching it is, like, very, very slowly and carefully and... Um, only like kind of letting me set the pace with it mm-hmm. instead of like like the exposure therapy I did they're like we're gonna sit down and you're gonna tell me like every little tiny detail of your trauma until you're like fucking crying and having a panic attack <laughs> like, that's not good that's, that's, that's not pleasant at all <laughs> it was bad horrible. like yeah, yeah it's so it was really bad and then like yeah I like it ended with me self-harming in public and then they were like yeah you can't come back here you're not ready for this work I'm like okay yeah I don't know I don't know I don't I don't know if experiential therapy is an evidence-based practice I think it might be but Mm -hmm. probably not for people with BPD just because of our emotional reactivity and all that I would say maybe it's not the best I know some people some folks with PTSD that have done it that have drawn benefit from like that have really gotten better okay. but like in terms of the bpd with the emotional aspect right of it, and like, not every treatment is going to work for every person exactly too yeah. so it can definitely vary from person to person totally just like every med is different for everybody too mm-hmm. i don't know if you experience this too but i feel like um one of the things that i mean i feel like part of it is sort of my response to my way of dealing with like social anxiety, fear of abandonment, that kind of stuff, like I put myself out there a ton, and mm-hmm. like it makes me question if I even have like a comfort zone anymore. Like, what do you mean by put yourself out there? I'm sorry. Like, like I just try. Like for one, like I like uh, it's easy for me to like go out to just about anybody and like start talking to them. Or <laughs> we do not. Uh, maybe not maybe that's maybe that's the, yeah. That's how we might be different there. But I guess no. I guess like one way. I mean, is like I kind of, I'm an open book and like I just I worry constantly about oversharing. Oh my god! Okay, and I yeah. don't. Yeah, and I don't know. I've been oversharing this whole podcast. People are probably like, oh, shut you've been, up. You've been fine. Okay. You've been great. <laughs> no, like, but yeah, but it's like where I don't. The lines are blurred between like like when I should be sharing what and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff like that's that's something that like I have been dealing that I've dealt with in the past but yeah. this year like I've been trying to like I yeah. saw this meme it was like <laughs> I mean it was like people are always like wow you're so brave for like sharing about your mental illness and it's like well actually that's part of the mental yeah, illness right. like, actually, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's probably not healthy for us to like always be like yeah. oh, I have borderline personality disorder yeah that's yeah. BPD and chill right there <laughs> I know there's a lot of BPD like uh, meme pages I love that yeah, oh my god what has helped a lot with therapy um 
and also with sort of like embarking on this quest with this podcast and with like you know like pursuing my dreams in music journalism and being like just staying as busy as I possibly can has been it's been immensely therapeutic for me because it's helped me like own that I'm like I'm dope you know like I'm cool like I'm dope like self-love yeah like I I'm like I overlook a lot of like what um you know people might value me for and like I am just harshly critical of myself all the time for like the things I'm not doing rather the things that I have done or that I am doing and part of that is like understanding what is and is not in your control and like a big thing I've always struggled with and to a degree I'm sure I always will but I struggle really hard with people that don't like me like if someone doesn't like me I get really in my head about it and I'm like mm. what the hell is wrong oh with me oh my god you know? I'm the same and I have had to deal with this issue like now like in my career lots of people don't like me like i literally have to like sometimes be like okay like your kid like you you're not stable enough to be around your kids right now so i'm gonna take them home and then they're like they're like screw you and i'm like yeah well <laughs> like yeah so i get that yeah it's, yeah oh god but, it's the worst yeah and it sucks like because you know i will feel like i have to change but you know, like, it's, you know, like, over time, like, through just being that this has been my tried and true passion, like, doing the show, trying to platform, give people a platform to say what they want to say, like, that has helped me immensely with my own, like, self-awareness and knowing what I'm good at and taking pride in what I do and uh, understand, like, you know, if someone doesn't like me, like, that's fine. It's it doesn't have to be my problem. It can just be their problem, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you don't need a, that affirmation for somebody. Haters gonna hate. Haters do. In, <laughs> they do. Studies show haters do in fact hate. <laughs> um, <laughs> which has helped. Which has been great. Like that's helped me a lot with the self love uh, in the past year. I mean, you clearly love kids, and. They're, the you're time. like they're okay, <laughs> but like you know that's a that's a really valuable job in itself. Like because you know you can empathize with them so heavily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, I see kids. I'm like, oh my god, I feel like this kid is gonna like grow up and have borderline disorder because of what they went through. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. But like, yeah, like the kids, especially the kids who are more troubled or have emotional issues and all that. I'm like, yeah. I was that kid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you can also see, like, you can see BPD in other people. Oh you my know, god! You know, I know, you and I'm it. like, I'm not like a licensed professional to like make this diagnosis. However, like, yeah. this person is borderline as fuck. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, I feel I've definitely seen either full on, or it's like maybe they have some of those traits. Yeah, you know, I, I see that a lot too. For sure. you could be here with me and talk about our troubles but also our problems we talked about right. all our problems but we triumphed you know but we also talked about our triumphs and that is that's the important thing is like despite the circumstances that might be imposed upon you 
It's about how you respond to it. And uh, I think that we responded to, I mean, for one, we did this podcast, you know, like that was help. I mean, that was good. To, it was good to process for myself. Um, I hope you had fun too. I did. Good. I'm glad. So Alyssa, tell me what keeps you up at night. doomed that we have donald trump as president yeah yeah it's like it's a, <laughs> a real one yeah what puts you to sleep though medication medication <laughs> right, right, yeah. i need my sleep meds i need to drug myself or i'm not gonna sleep yeah i'm usually it's just real. i'm usually just so emotionally drained after the day that i'm just i i sleep pretty good generally sometimes i don't but usually i do Great. I'm really proud of you. I was like, he's going to regret having me on the show because I'm too weird. No, I'm fucking <laughs> proud of you because, no, this is this was really badass of you to, like, you know, be on the show and just be vulnerable. It's beautiful. Um, so, um, you heard it. Uh, whether it's meds, therapy, um, you know, holistic life practice, whatever, whatever might, uh, be your method like you know everyone has a different treatment that works them differently but know that you know you're a human being that you know that has the capacity to love and also to be loved um so thank you for watching mr nice guy take care of yourself drink more water and uh we'll see you next time one two three four